Good morning. Welcome to Hope. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. So good to be gathered together on this crisp, cool Sunday morning. Uh, We're beginning this new sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount, which is this fancy phrase that we use to uh, talk about this important sermon that Jesus preached at the beginning of his ministry. See, at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus is baptized, just like we had a baptism here, uh, two baptisms. Uh, He's baptized, and then he is sent out into the wilderness, and there in the wilderness he is tested and he is tempted by Satan for 40 days and for 40 nights, and then Jesus comes back, and he starts to preach and to heal, and he starts to proclaim these words that the kingdom of heaven has come near. And what he's saying in those words and with the healings and the miracles and and in his being is that this world that has been destroyed by sin, this world that has been twisted and tangled into darkness and confusion, this world has a new king, unlike any king that they've ever had before. This isn't a king who's hungry for power and for position and for status and for wealth, but instead this is a king of mercy and hope and forgiveness and love and life. And Jesus, as that king, brings into the world a new kind of kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. This is a kingdom where there's a different way of living, a different way of being, a different way of approaching life, a different way of understanding what it means to be a human, and he lays out this vision in the Sermon on the Mount, this sermon where he sits down on a mountainside, this crowd gathers, and there Jesus sits down, and he begins to preach and to teach about this kingdom. It's a kingdom where the poor in spirit are blessed. It's a kingdom where those who mourn find comfort. It's a kingdom where the meek, the lowly, are the ones who inherit the earth, not the powerful. It's a kingdom of righteousness. It's a kingdom of purity, a kingdom where you and I are called to live in a different way, to live in a new way, as salt and light. That's what Jesus calls us to be. He says in our reading, you are the salt of the earth, and you are the light of of the world. And so today as we remember the Sermon on the Mount, as we remember Jesus and his words, today I have not just one sermon for you, but two. A two for one. And you don't even need a coupon. Let's pray. Father in heaven, your word is a lamp to our feet and it's a light to our path. May it show us who we are, Lord, but even more who we are in you and in your son Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. First sermon. Salt. You are the salt of the earth. 20 years ago, there was an American man whose name was Mark, and he was in France, and he was on this trip where he was riding his motorcycle across the country, and as he was doing this, he got really, really hungry, and especially hungry for the kind of food that you would get in an American diner. And so he just wanted some down-home good cooking. He pulled off to the side of the road one day as he was driving because he saw this woman who was walking, and he asked her, where can I go to get a good meal? And she sent him to this little roadside restaurant, and he went there, and he sat down, and he ordered a steak, and it was uh, the best steak that he'd ever eaten in his life. It was absolutely perfect. And so he called the waiter over, and he began to talk to him about this steak, and he said the exchange went something like this. He said, "Uh, this is the best steak 
I've ever had in my life. And the waiter said, good, monsieur. And Mark said, how was it made? And the waiter said, well, it's steak, monsieur. But why is it so good, Mark said. Because it's a steak that's been grilled, monsieur, said the waiter. Well, what else, Mark said, what's on it? And the waiter said, it's a steak that has been grilled with salt, monsieur. Mark looked down at his plate. He saw something that he hadn't noticed before there on that steak. What was left of it, there was this beautiful crust of flaky salt. And Mark discovered a truth that day that changed his cooking, and it changed his eating for the rest of his life. Salt. He went on to write a book about the history of salt and cooking. We live in a salt laden world with all sorts of high processed foods. I'm aware of that, but a chef will tell you that the right amount of salt on a fresh, real ingredient changes everything. It makes it taste more like itself. Here are the words of some cooks about salt. One said, salt enhances the natural flavors of food. Another one said, salt brings out the hidden depths of food. Another one said, salt is this humble ingredient with transformative power. What does salt do? It makes food taste more like food. It makes food taste and be as it should. And Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You and me, we are the ones who are sent out into the world to help make it as it should be. We are the bearers of the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of heaven, of the truth of Christ. Jesus, this one who sat down on a mountainside and preached, eventually went and he gave his life. He died to say that the world isn't as it should should be the problem of sin, the problem of sin that destroys our lives, that cracks open our relationships, the horror of sin that brings this hurt and separation from God and from one another. It needs to be dealt with. A healing sacrifice needs to be made to show the world that there is a different way. And Jesus died to make an exchange that says that sin doesn't control you. And death isn't the final thing. And this is a story that the world needs to hear because it changes the shape of the world. It's the salt that makes the world good. It gives it flavor. It makes it bright. And Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Live your lives as if the kingdom of God is breaking in right here and right now because when you do, it does. You are the salt of the earth and your life has something to say in the face of sin and grief and hurt and loneliness. It has something to say in the face of violence and shame and death. Your life, what you do, what you say, how you live, it has the power to say Jesus loves this world. Jesus is the Lord of this world and his kingdom is here. And that message, wherever it is proclaimed, makes the world as it should be in big and small ways. You are the salt of the earth. Kristen is a mom. Years ago, she moved to a new neighborhood. God made Kristen to be a a wonderful connector. She's a person of, of hospitality. Some people are just good at that. You know those people in your life. Kristen was like that. She still is. 
When she moved into this new place, she wanted to get to know her neighbors, and so she did some of the things that she had tried in the other places where she had lived. She tried to host some playgroups. She tried to hold Bible studies, but it never quite gained any traction, and she thought this is probably because it required so much planning, trying to match up people's busy schedules. You had to do this way ahead of time, and things came up. You know how this goes in your own life, or or maybe she thought it's because people uh, were nervous about opening up their homes. You have to clean, you have to cook, Uh, it's nerve-wracking. Well, by chance, uh, something happened that made her think differently about all of this. One day, she had ordered a table for her backyard, a picnic table. And and she wasn't home when it was delivered, and so instead of putting it in the backyard, they put it in the front yard, down by the sidewalk. And Kristen looked at that table, and she thought, hmm, maybe I'll leave it here. And then she decided to do something. She painted it really bright, her favorite color, this bright turquoise, and she left it there, and then she just started to sit at it. When she had a snack with her kids, they'd sit out at the table. Uh, When they did homework, they'd sit out at the table. When they played games, they'd sit out at the table. And all of you are thinking right now, we have winter for 10 months of the year. How is it possible to do something like that? It's blizzarding most of the days in this part of the world while they lived in Texas, and things are different there. Every day they'd be out there. And guess what started happening? Something strange and something holy. People started to stop. People would stop at the table. Construction workers took their lunch break there. Neighbors came over for coffee. Kids played games there. Deep, meaningful, profound, faith-filled conversations happened at that table. Prayer happened at that table. And other people in her neighborhood and in her town and in this country and across the world started to put tables out. There are thousands of them in 13 different countries around the world where people slow down together and they find joy in being the people of God in this world. Kristen is the salt of the earth. And the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is alive and well when people sit at her table and they rest and they wrestle with the promises and the presence of Jesus in their lives. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. So put a table in your yard or go and say hi to your neighbor Invite them to church, reach out to someone who's hurting, ask your coworker how they're doing, and then truly listen when they give you an answer. Say you're sorry when you fall short. Ask God to teach you how to forgive that person that you can't. Spend time in God's word so that you are filled up with his spirit. Pray and ask for guidance and ask for peace and ask for joy. Live as God intended you to live and as Jesus calls you to live. Be the salt that helps Christ be known and that salt of Jesus will help this world to be as it should second sermon does anyone need a break (laughs) you're good okay second sermon light Jesus says you are the light of the world I remember one of my uncles telling me a story about when he was out hunting grouse one September. 
probably a day like today. He was out in the thick woods, walking slow, looking, listening, uh, distracted, enmeshed in what he was doing, and the sun started to go down, and it got to this sort of half-light, and he knew that he should turn around, but it was too late because he was already turned around. That's easy to do in the deep woods when the leaves are still on the trees, and he had come too far, and the sun went fully down. It happens fast, and now the woods around him was black, and it was total darkness. So he sat down on a tree stump and he waited. And I remember when he told me this story when I was a kid, he said, I was scared, which was surprising to me because I didn't think he was the kind of guy who ever got scared. But he was scared and he was sitting there trying to collect himself and he was sure, he was certain that he was going to spend the night in the woods. But as he sat there, eventually he saw something. This dim light moving through the thick of the trees, slowly, And he knew what it was. It was a car. Now he knew where the highway was. And so he followed the light to his truck and to safety and eventually home. We started to cover the whole story of Scripture here at Hope in our deeply rooted class and in our podcast. And and as we've done that, as we've gone back to the beginning and started to see the arc and the story of Scripture, I'm reminded of how simple this story is. God created the world in six days. He rested on the seventh, and then he sat down and dwelt with his humans there, his creation. But sin, it crept in. This serpent told Adam and Eve to disobey God, and they were tempted by that, and so they they did. They disobeyed God and this darkness started to grow and maybe for them it was slow at first. Maybe they didn't see how dark it would get but the world fell into this place of sin and those realities of sin and death, they're as real as anything that you and I know in this life. The power of sin and what it holds over us. The power it has to pull us away from God and away from other people and away from the things that we know are right. We know that the suffering Uh, that our sin brings into this world is monumental. We know that the suffering of others can mean uh, that life is so broken for us. It makes the world, we know this, sin and death and suffering make the world dark. And God's answer to that is very simple too. It's complicated and we complicate it, but it's simple. John says it this way when he tells his story of Jesus in his gospel. He says, a light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. No matter how dark the world may seem, God sent a light, his son, uh, traveling down the highway into Jerusalem where he would hang on a cross, where he would breathe his last breath, where he would die to take on all the darkness of sin and death uh, to say to you and me, here, here is a new life for you. Here is another chance for you. Believe in me. Follow me. Come and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come and see the light that I'm bringing into your world. And once you have been changed, and shaped by that light. Once you have seen it shine, go out and shine it yourself. You are the light of the world. And when you shine, the light of Christ brightens the darkest corners of this world. And evil and sin and death can't stand up to his light. There's a woman, a young watchmaker, 
Her name was Cornelia. She went by Cory. She lived at the time of the Second World War. And when the world broke out in Europe, she resisted evil. She resisted Hitler's army. Her family had this secret room where they uh, hid people. They hid Jews who were being hunted and tracked down. Someone they knew turned them in, and, and eventually she and her sister, they ended up in a concentration camp. And Corey, when she went to that concentration camp, she snuck a little New Testament in there with her, a little Bible, and it became her lifeline. It became this beacon of hope for her and for her sister, but also for all of those that she met in this dark and evil place, and even in the face of evil and loss and unimaginable suffering and death. One of the things that Corey liked to say often was this. His light is stronger than the deepest darkness. His light is stronger than the deepest darkness. If you want to hear more about Corey's story, we're actually hosting, holding a, a special screening on October 1st of this movie that's been made that tells the story of her life. It'll be here at the South Campus. You can visit our website to find out more. It's the Everybody should see and know and hear the story of Corey Ten Boom. Because when we hear that story, we see that, that she let the light of Christ shine bright in a dark, dark world. And the world was changed because of it. Jesus says, you are the light of the world, and you may never, ever have to stare down evil and suffering like Corey and so many others stared down in the face of life. I hope you don't, but I know this. You walk into dark spaces. You do. All the time. You've seen addiction in your family or down the street. You've suffered the kind of grief that leaves you wondering if you're ever going to feel peace again. You've seen hungry people. You've seen people you know and people you love wandering through this life without any foundation. You've seen relationships fall apart. And in those places, which are every bit as important as the big moments of history, you are called in those places to be a light, to let the light of Jesus shine so very bright. And this is the amazing truth of Jesus. You can. You can. You can do it when you call on his name in prayer, when you open his word and you're strengthened. You can shine bright because you do. You do when you speak those words that he teaches us to say over and over again in this life, I'm sorry or I forgive you. You do it when you drop some food into the big donation basket and a neighbor, someone that you've never met, someone that you maybe never will meet, gets a meal. You, you do it. You shine that light so very bright when you dial the number of that lonely person that you know and you ask if they want to stop by for coffee, you shine bright when you live as Jesus calls you to live because then his brightness shines in you and his brightness will always bring hope to a weary world. Jesus says you are the light of the world. So let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Sermon three, just kidding. My three-year-old son saw me working on this message. I was sitting at the kitchen table, and he comes up to me and he goes, Dad, you gotta end with the power and the glory. <laughs> Which I think he got from the Lord's Prayer. So I will. The power and the glory of God's kingdom is here. 
And it began in Jesus, and it continues in him, and it continues also in you, because he has told you who you are. You are salt, and you are light. So go and be it. Amen. Father in heaven, today we thank you that you have told us who you are. You are our God. You lived and died so that we would have life. And you told us who we are. We are salt and light. We are bearers of a message of hope in a dark and lonely world. So open our eyes, open our minds, and open our hearts to follow you today, tomorrow, and all the days to come. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.